Would you open God's precious holy word to 1 Chronicles 24? And I have to say, for the next couple or three chapters yet, we're droning on and on with these lists of names. But it's inspired by the Spirit of God and has a purpose. This brings us to the, to the middle of, uh, of what we're doing in 1 Chronicles. And it is the work David has, of course he has, you will recall, he asked the elders and the princes and the priests and all to gather with him. And they are organizing the administration of the temple. It's not built yet. We saw earlier how he has already procured the, the supplies, everything that's needed, even the nails, you may remember. Everything that's needed to build the temple, the, the, the land that it's going to be on, David has taken that upon himself, but he's not allowed to build the temple. He's doing everything else, though. So David is organizing the temple to a great extent. Now, you can understand why. The, the tabernacle up to this point, even at this moment when, he, when this is given, when it's the time about, what it, about which it write, he writes, the chronicler, the tabernacle at this point in time is in Shiloh. And they do, the tabernacle wasn't designed to sit in one place. So the tabernacle is not able to do for the nation of Israel that a temple can do. Uh, so recognizing that uh, people will be coming from all over Israel, millions of people on a regular basis, there'll always be a big crowd in the temple. And according, we, we read it, uh, we saw it in Exodus and we saw it in Leviticus when we studied those. The jobs of the Levites, the priesthood, the sons of Aaron, which we're going to be talking about tonight, uh, the high priest's office. So we've come here to this part and the sons of Aaron are a, are a subgroup of Levites. We saw last time that the sons of Moses would be a subgroup of Levites, that they were just to live normal lives. It wasn't, it wasn't the place of the sons of Moses to be part of the Levitical priesthood. In a sense, neither is it for the sons of Aaron because they are the high priests, the high priesthood. As we go along, some things will become clearer to us, but in the last couple of slides, I've brought together some thoughts that will sort of keep us on track as to what we're considering here uh, in this part, because this is, you know, you don't, you don't call the church into revival and preach from 1 Chronicles 24. I mean, it's, a, it's, a little, it's a little different. We're learning things, though. And we're absorbing how great Christ is because all of this 
It comes to its completion and its finish in Christ. So let's begin with verse 1, 1 Chronicles 24. The sons of Aaron, their divisions. The sons of Aaron were Nadab and Abihu, Eliezer and Itamar. Nadab and Abihu died. Remember those guys, they strange fire. Remember that? Uh, And Aaron was terribly hurt and Moses had to come and ask the Lord to excuse Aaron for his for his attitude because things that were just supposed to keep going all the time that only the high priest could do had a little hiccup in it because Yahweh killed those two guys for bringing strange fire to the altar. Well, they died before their father and they had no sons. And Eliezer and Ithamar served as priests. So it transferred to the other two. And David divided them, and Zadok was uh, of the sons of Eliezer, and Ahimelech was of the sons of Itamar for their appointment in their work. And the sons of Eliezer were found to be more, according to the count of the heads of the people, than the sons of Itamar. And thus they were divided. Of the sons of Eliezer, there were 16 heads of the father's houses, and of the sons of Itamar, according to their father's houses, eight. And they divided them by lots, and these with those, because they were princes of the sanctuary and princes, or special kind of head leaders, of Elohim, of the sons of Eleazar, and of the sons of Itamar. Now the, the courses of the priesthood, that's a very important principle. We'll talk about it when we get to the end of all of this, and Shemaiah, the son of Nathanael, the scribe of the Levites, wrote them before the king and the princes and Zadok, the priest, and Achimelech, the son of Abiatar, and the leaders of the father's houses of the priests and of the Levites. One father's house was, uh, one father's house established for Eliezer and what was established for Itamar remained established. Okay, let me back up here. At the present time, when this is all being brought together in the administration of the temple, which will be something that will go into many, many, many years, and the Jews, the Israelites, expected it to be a permanent kind of a thing, was was the house of the Lord that all of the Israelites would be coming into. So this would be seen... As, a, as an otherwise complicated affair, if the administration uh, wasn't uh, established and if the, work, if the overall work wasn't organized. Case in point would be if we fast forward to the time of Jesus. And uh, even though by that time they are crooked, yet still what happens in there is, uh, is well-organized and well-disciplined, albeit disciplined in the wrong way. Uh, but it starts out good. So here, here we continue. And the first lot came out to Jehoiarib and Jediah the second, to Harim the third, and Zerim the fourth, and Malchiah the fifth, and Mimin the sixth, and Hachoz the seventh to Abidah, the eighth, and to Joshua, the ninth, and Shechaniah, 
the tenth, and to Eliashib, the eleventh, and to Jachin, the twelfth, to Hupa, the thirteenth, to Jeshabab, the fourteenth, to Bilgah, the fifteenth, to Emmer, the sixteenth, to Hazir, the seventeenth, to Hapizez, the eighteenth, and Pethahiah, Pethah, I'm sorry, Pethahiah, the nineteenth, to Ezekiel, the twentieth, Jachin, the twenty-first, Gamul, the twenty-second, to Deliah, the 23rd, and to Baaziah, the 24th. All right, here are the 24 courses of the priesthood. It'll make more sense when, we get to the, when I get to the sort of a general explanation of, of how this worked uh, in, in Israel. But this is, how it's, this is how it's organized. These are their appointments to the, their service. To come to the house of Yahweh, house of the Lord, house of Yahweh, according to their ordinance by the hand of Aaron, their father, as, Yahweh, as the Lord God of Israel had commanded him. And of the remaining sons of Levi, of the sons of Amram, Shubel, the sons of Shubel, Jechdeah, and of Rachabiah, the sons of Rachabiah, the chief was Ishia. Of the the Israelites, Shemolot, of the sons of Shemolot, Jahat, and the sons of Eriah, Amariah the second, and Jahaziel the third, Jechamim the fourth, the sons of Uziel, Micah, of the sons of of Micah, Shamir, the brother of Micah, Ishia, the sons of Ishia, Zechariah, Zechariah, it would be called. The sons of Merari, Mali, and Mushi, the sons of Jaaziah, uh, his son, his son, and the sons of Merari, of Jaaziah, his son, and Shocham, and Zakur, and Ibri, of Mali, Eliezer, and he had no sons, of Kish, the sons of Kish, Jerah Meir, and of the sons of Mushi, Mali, and Eder, and Jerimut. And these are the sons of the Levites according to their father's houses. Now, can you imagine mama calling everybody to supper? <laughs> It'd be time to go to bed by the time she got through calling everybody's name, wouldn't it? And they too cast lots opposite their brethren, the sons of Aaron, before King David and Zadok and Ahimelech, and the heads of the father's houses of the priests and the Levites, I bought the father. Uh, I'm sorry, the leader opposite his small brother. Okay. As time would go, just like the nation of Israel, the tribe of Levi within the nation of Israel would grow more and more men. Um, so these were the, the responsibilities that they had we're divided into 24 orders or 24 courses of the priesthood. So let's, let's reflect on this uh, to this point. So we see here in this chapter lists for the first time the 24 priestly courses. We don't see that until now. This division is credited to David who was assisted in the casting of lots by Zadok and Ahimelech. So, you know, when you first start something, well, who gets to go first and 
how are we going to do what what time of the year they're going to do their thing so that was that was determined by the casting of lots the obligations of the priests for their times of service were already given by Aaron 16 of these courses are ascribed to Eliezer and eight to Itamar. We saw that in, in the description of the names. Now, to say here, and I don't think I made the point a minute ago, I was talking about the tabernacle at Shiloh. At that point, the two guys and their families that took over were divided in, there were 16, let me see, that's right, 16 courses of the priesthood and each had eight at Shiloh. But all of this, all of this is being changed up and there are being uh, other courses being added. As a matter of fact, you may recall when uh, Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, it was his turn uh, as a Levite, as a priest, it was his turn and he'd come his course to attend to the things within the temple. And that's where he was stricken, where he couldn't speak and all that uh, for a period of time. So he belongs to one of these 24 uh, courses of the priesthood. Now the subgroup of Levi descended from Aaron were the priests, namely the high priests. Uh, They were people with special responsibility for the technical side of the offering, such as what to do with the blood and for the burning of incense and blessing. Now there were many practical tasks. Now this was a daily thing. They had a lot of stuff that kept them busy all day long inside the temple, practical tasks that other groups of Levites undertook themselves. And there was the singing, which uh, Chronicles especially emphasizes, and we get that in 1 Chronicles 25, the appointed musicians within the priesthood. And we'll talk more about that, uh, God willing, next time. The rosters for this work divide the ministers into 24 groups which likely implies that each group was on duty for two weeks each lunar year. So what do they do then? If you will remember back in uh, Joshua, uh, we talked about the Levitical cities, the cities for the Levites. They didn't have their own place, but they did have places where they would go and stay most of the year. And it was within the place called the cities of the Levites. So they would live at home. If they worked two weeks out of the year, according to a lunar year, then the rest of the year, they lived at home and they, within, within the bounds of the Levitical cities, there was a place where they could plant and grow their food. And there were other, other tasks of livelihood that they could do for the, um, for, for the work that was required within those Levitical cities, within the economy of those cities, they would do that work during that time. So that meant in most cases, these Levitical, these Levites lived a long way away from Jerusalem in those Levitical cities. And those are all described in the law of Moses in the, in the five books of, uh, of Moses. And we have already studied those things in Joshua and in Exodus and Leviticus. So what was established in the law now comes to fruition 
with the plans for a permanent temple and the permanent work of that temple and the worship within that temple. It should be noted that uh, the temple is, is not like a church. Um, they're just two different things. This is not a temple. The temple is described in the tabernacle that leads up to the temple and all of the things that go in. So it wasn't like everybody showed up for those morning and evening sacrifices and the songs that they would sing. Those were worship services. There were Levites who were there. They were assigned to what they were supposed to do with regard to the sacrifices and with the blood and then the singing. And there may be a few people show up now and again, but this was, this was something that the priesthood did by the law of Moses uh, in praise of Yahweh. Certain things were required, put it another way, Israelites were required to do certain things at the temple, sometimes according to the Israelite calendar, um, and at other times to make a particular kind of an offering. You remember the offerings, those five offerings? Uh, I committed a sin and I've, I've, got to, I've, got to, I've got to give a, a sin or a guilt offering. I've, I, may, I may have committed a sin that I didn't know I committed. They would do that and, and conscious worshipers would come on a regular basis. And of course the Levites would help them uh, the priesthood would help them in all of that to make sure that everything was done according uh, to the law of Moses. Now that's, that has nothing to do with that. There's nothing remotely familiar or similar to that in the church. Uh, that's all, that's all done. We don't do anything like that. So when we study these things, this is peculiarly Israelite territory that we stand in here. This is for Israel. All of this is summed up and accomplished by the life and sacrifice, burial, death, and resurrection of Christ himself. He serves right now, Hebrews 7, 24 and 25. He serves right now as our high priest. And he's not after the order of Aaron or anybody else. He's not even of the tribe of Levi. But he is after the order of, of who? Melchizedek, right? Without father, without mother, without genealogy. So he's an eternal, everlasting high priest. And he is at least, at least he's typified by Melchizedek who accepts offering from Abraham after the battle against uh, Ketelelmer and, and uh, the four armies who had captured Lot and the 318 trained servants of Abraham defeated those armies and released those people. So this is, this is where he shows up in the scripture. A lot of discussion about who was Melchizedek. Was he, was he Christ? Was he pre-incarnate Christ? Some believe that. Some believe that he was actually Shem the last of the living sons of Noah who would still be alive at that time. And uh, 
that a part, as a matter of fact, a part of his name would would be in in Yerushalayim. It would be part of that area, Shem. So that you know that that maybe okay. But I'm happy with whatever it is, because Christ, whether in reality as making a theophanic appearance to Abraham in the Old Testament, or whether by type with some individual who is a priest of the Most High, uh, we are taught in the book of Hebrews that in every whit, this is how Jesus is for us permanently, eternally in, uh, in heaven. So all of this that we read about comes together in the work and the person and the ministry of God, the Son. So the next one, and we're going to look at it tonight, but the, the next chapter has to do with uh, the Levites who will be the musicians uh, for the work in the temple. But right now we'll stop there and we'll have a deacon prayer time.